Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pioneer Space Podcast. I am Kalechi. And I'm Fuaz Silva. And we have a special conversation today. Probably going to be one of many conversations we have like this. Yeah. We are we're having a conversation about you, Fuaz. At long last. Long last, long last. So I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to tease a few things out. And I think today we're just going to focus on your journey yeah. And just give the listeners a bit more of an insight into you and what you're about. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm up for that, definitely. So, first thing I want to ask you is, what does a pioneer mean to you? And would you classify yourself as a pioneer? <laughs> this is pioneer space. <laughs> this is pioneer space. And um, what does a pioneer mean to me? A pioneer to me is someone that breaks the mold. Um Something synonymous to uh, a non-conformist, someone that, regardless of um, any challenges in the face of adversity, uh, pulls through. You know, um, yeah, that's that's what a pioneer would be to me. It's not necessarily. I think often there's a co- there's a common misconception as a pioneer being, say, someone that um, does something for the first time. But I think what's important to note is we're living in a time where things aren't really new anymore like you doing something isn't you doing it for the first time anymore so for me I've seen so many situations and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking actually do you know what existing in the in 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 the face of adversity or just existing in a space to me that's a revolution in itself and for me I think that's worthy of calling someone a pioneer you know a lot of these things are subjective a lot of the journeys in which people go through are subjective um but just because they don't fit into maybe what the general consensus of what a pioneer officially means doesn't mean that's not, I think, yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah. Um, and for your second question, uh, do I consider myself a pioneer? Ego is the Enemy is one of my favourite books um, that I've ever read, um, and I'm going to plug that in. Um, Ryan Holiday, great book. The humble me would like to say I'm just a normal dude. You know, I'm just a normal dude that I have a resource. I have resources to be able to get my voice out there. Um, but I can also appreciate in the eyes of other people that maybe to some I'm considered a pioneer. But I'm just a young black guy on a journey. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll see where we are at the end of it. Fantastic. I like your answer. You took us on the journey with the answer. So let's take people on the journey of your life. Mm. How we got to where we are today. Yeah. And yeah, let's start at the very beginning, or where you think is the beginning, into moulding this so-called pioneer. Um, I'm being an antagonist now. I yeah, said so-called. No, no, no. Do you know what? Like I said, everything's... I think when, you, when you've gone through life, you know, you've gone through certain experiences, you understand that a lot of the things in life are subjective, you know? So when you say stuff like so-called or whatnot, I don't take it as a negative thing. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's just like... I know who I am. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, no, nah, don't, don't you don't need to apologize for that. Um, where I thought it started from, I, pff, chain of causation. But um, no, there's 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 many things. There's many sort of pages to this book. Um, luckily, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I'm a stand up guy, so I'm I'm an open book. So yeah, ask me any question, I'm down to answer any specifics because I can sit here and start talking about growing up when I was young or I can I can take you 
from you know the transitionary period during school um the issues that i had with the area the issues i had growing up some of the issues as a young black person growing up in a hood um some of the things that you go through um consciously and subconsciously and how they have an effect on you later on down in life so um i'm happy to go through anything just okay let's i don't know why but i feel like maybe primary school definitely secondary school mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. take people back to yeah. how you grew up mm-hmm. your school system your mm-hmm. view of the school system mm-hmm. being a teenager and yeah going into a man yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah no a lot of people don't actually know like i was born in nigeria um i was born in nigeria and i come here at a very young age um I was, uh, you know, I'd say lucky enough to obviously school and educate myself from the primary school system um, over here. Um, and then, yeah, secondary school, obviously, yeah. So I went to school in uh, Catford, primary school. I went to a primary school in Catford. Um, that was all right. That was, you know, I was I was, I was, was cool. I was fine. There was no and issues there. my listeners around the world, Catford is in uh, South southeast East London, London, yeah. South East London, so... Um, yeah, did that. Um, yeah, that was that was that was all right. There was, <laughs> I, I had to grow up from a young age, and there was certain things like throughout this whole conversation that you might pick out and start to understand a little bit more about me. Um, so just little things like, I remember we moved one time when we moved to a part in East London. I've lived in so many different places, bro. Literally, um, there was a part that we moved to East London, but I was in my last year in primary school so it didn't make sense for me to change schools as well at the time so literally i was coming from east london in the morning bringing my little sister to school as well she went to a different primary school to me actually um down the road um so i was bringing her to school from east london early in the morning i'm talking leaving the house at six o'clock um you know getting to stratford station getting a 108 to uh uh, to Lewisham and then getting another bus into ca- yeah, you know we d- did all of that. So you can imagine I was doing that from a young age. So I really had to sort of mature and grow a sense of responsibility from a young age. But that sort of all, you know, contributed to who I am today. So um, who I am today. So yeah. Okay. I want to ask you about obviously. You said you was born in Nigeria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What age did you come over here? I don't really have much of a memory, but um, I want to say, I want to say around six, seven ish. Okay. Yeah, I want to say in and around that time, um, and like for me, it was like, for me, like now, like I have no memory, not no memory. I have a limited memory of Nigeria. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like I grew up over here, so. Um, okay. You know, proud to be Nigerian for sure. I'm Nigerian yeah. before I'm well, I'm black before I'm every anything, but Nigerian. Okay, now let's get into the secondary school experience because I think those years, those five to seven years, secondary yeah. school, college, etc. Yeah, I think those years define who you are as a person. Like, mm. definitely, without a doubt. I think I think they play an important role. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they define you as who you are as a person. I think. Okay, let's say they're defining. I definitely think so. Yeah. No. no listen, this is a conversation, and you know. Everyone's entitled to this. And I'll tell you why, actually. I'll tell you why, actually. I definitely think it has an impact. It has an effect on um, on your perception of things. 
um, what you take from that experience is what defines you. So, for example, my life in secondary school was a whirlwind. Whirlwind, you know. Um, a lot of people wouldn't have survived the way that I came up. Do you know what I mean? I went through the whole roller coaster of emotions from losing people uh, to being uh, people being expelled, uh, best mates going to prison, people dying. You know, from a young age, you know, the first time I saw someone get stabbed was in year seven. You know, some of those things um, you you wouldn't expect me to be who I am today. If you get what I'm trying to say, so yeah. that's what I mean by they have an impact. So they can either push you towards a certain type of life, or they can they can push you to the other side. So it definitely has an impact. Whether it defines you as a person is is up for debate. Okay, cool. So, do you feel like, even as an adolescent, as a teenager, you knew what direction you wanted to seek out in life? Or do you feel like, like most people, you were finding yourself, you were just kind of going with the flow? Yeah. Um, I think, I think as humans, like, whatever age that we're at, I feel like we all, we all like have a natural passion and value system, um, or at least what we believe is right or wrong as well. And when you go out into the bigger world, you get poisoned by external factors. Um, lucky enough growing up, I had a strong value system that was based off morality and religion because I, um, I, w- I went to Arabic school on the weekend, you know, um, and that kind of formed as a basis to what I thought right and wrong was, which obviously then led led to what I believed I wanted to do. Um, in terms of being poisoned, <laughs> you had to be cool. I was a cool kid, right? I was I was I was I was I was, I was never a neek, you know, I was never a neek. I was a cool kid, whatever, um throughout the, the year seven to year eleven period. Um that comes at a cost. That comes at a cost. There's a cost to be paid for that because ego plays a huge part in that as well. Definitely. Um, not backing down from certain situations that you know that might not serve you right um, in the long term. Um, I think so. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, no, I think when I was growing up, I definitely had an idea of the type of person that I wanted to be. Um it wasn't fine-tuned yet, you know. Um, as I said earlier on, I lost a lot of people. I lost uh, a lot of experiences I didn't really get to go go through um, because I understood. I understood. I understood that in life sometimes you you don't really get what you need, right? No, you don't really get. Yeah, you don't really get what you desire and what you need. You get what you can get, you know. And I yeah. understood the. The transition in which my parents had to make in terms of coming over here, um, you know, they always show us that they was living fine, man, in Nigeria. You know I mean, like my dad, successful businessman back there. My mom, come on, she had she had shops and everything. She she was straight. You know, what I mean, she didn't really need to do all of this. They don't need to do all of this. But I understood the transition um, that they had to make in order for us to have what they believed was a better life um, over here, a better sort of education and whatnot. Um, and for that, I'm forever grateful. So that, like I said, formed part of my sort of 
belief system as well because although I wanted certain things, it was like I understood maybe sometimes why I couldn't get them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from a young age, I knew that I was special, man. I'll be real with you. I'll be real with you. I knew that I was special from a young age, man. You know, from situations where I shouldn't have finished secondary school, bro. I shouldn't have finished secondary school. Hands down, I'll tell you that right now. But luckily, I was academically gifted, you know. Um, gifted and talented. Yeah, GMT. Star people. I was there. I was there. I was most definitely there. Uh, funny situations, though. Like when Ofsted used to come round, sometimes I remember one time they told me to have a day off because Ofsted was coming through. Uh, so they kind of gave me a day off of school them times. But um, yeah, academically, though, um, and I think luckily for me, not so much the school at the time, they weren't getting sort of brilliant grades. Mm. Um, so they really needed what they could get. They, they they just needed to hold on to what they could get. And, you know, my brethren's got, you know, my friends got kicked out of school. Um, some of them went jail. Um, some of the friends that I knew outside of school as well went the same direction. And for me, it sort of dawned, it dawned, it kind of was a, like a realization. I had a, I had a little realization moment when I real when I, when I thought to myself, Do you know what, G? Like, you've actually got more to offer the world than this, you know. And that I'd say began my soul searching journey. Um, by soul searching, um, knowledge yourself, man. Really trying to understand myself. Really trying to understand what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what makes me sad, what it is that I want for myself when when everything's said and done. You know, um, I always knew I was an altruistic uh, person. Um, I knew that I was always ambitious. Um, I was a good thinker. Um, but I think the underlying thing for me was I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to help people. So when I looked around me and I looked at that and I saw that a lot of the people that I'm coming up with, they weren't about no more. Mm. Um, like I said, they were in different places. Um, it was like I kind of felt like I had a second lease of life, man. You know, I kind of I kind of felt like I had a second lease of life, and it was like, yo, like I got to make this happen. Yeah, and um, I sort of yeah, I started certain things. I started certain things that I'd implore, like I'd implore so many people to do this thing. Like when you're unsure of certain things, when you're unsure, just keep busy. You know, so I started to do stuff. Um, uh, I joined like action groups, young people's action groups. I remember I was a part of the uh, a little small group that we sort of um, recreated uh, GYPC, which was Greenwich Young People's Council. Okay. Um, so it was disbanded for a couple of years and I was part of the action group that recreated that and that obviously led to us being a part of the UK Youth Parliament, etc. Debated in the House of Commons, set, etc. Um Prime Minister's personal advisor and children's services. Um, had a meeting with them after the London riots. Um, I was going into schools doing speeches. Um, I actually had an offer for a scholarship um, when I was in sixth form, but that was later on down the line um, at a school that I'd done an assembly at um, just to recruit people, representatives. Um, but yeah, I've always been sort of that sort of person that just, I'm like, I can show you better than I can ever tell you. Yeah. Um, I ain't never vocalised my visions It's all about action So it's like How How else Like what better way For you to attain The change that you want Than to be the change that you want So it's like I'll start with myself Because I understand 
I understand people. I understand that with a huge majority of people, people like tangible things, you know, so I can tell you a whole load of stuff. But if I show you a whole load of stuff that's it been hits done, different. it hits different, right? So um, I decided that I wanted to be the change that I wanted to see in people. Um, and hopefully that way, not only can I inspire people that are in good positions, but I can also inspire the people that I come up with, uh, people that unfortunately haven't got to the position in life to really appreciate the message that I'm um, I'm trying to give to them. And maybe when they do get to that position where they can appreciate it, then, you know, for them it will be, it'll be a gift. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm going on. No, it's good. And I think you've touched on a lot of good things, a lot of interesting things during that journey and during that key time. And a couple of questions I had for you whilst yeah. you were whilst you were talking about some of that stuff. And I think it'll be great for the listeners as well. Like, obviously you talked about growing up, mm-hmm. there's distractions, there's bad things going on. There's tumultuous things mm-hmm. going on. How do you keep going? And how do you tell someone who's younger? How do you stay focused? Yeah. Still on a straight and narrow, what in what I call a defining time of your life, being a teenager, being an adolescent. I think for me, it's like it's almost like how do you so how do you tell a young person to guy that young person being myself or just somebody else? If I was to talk to someone, somebody else, I'd somebody say. else, yeah. I think first of all, like with any sort of relationship, with any sort of exchange of. Uh, uh, words or whatever there needs to be a basis of trust right there needs to be trust and sometimes trust can be built in many different ways you know sometimes it might be me trying to be a little bit vulnerable to them so they understand that this isn't a one-way street it's a two-way street sort of thing but luckily for me and I say luckily because to a lot of people it might not be like um, the experiences that I've had allows me to be able to resonate with a lot of people and they and they to myself as well so it's like when a young person's telling me certain things about what they're going through nine times out of ten i've been through it do you get it like nine times out of ten i've been through it myself i know what that door on your left i know where that door leads i know what that door on the right leads to do you get what i'm saying uh one of my favorite quotes that i read uh, it was something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me, but you don't always have to be the victim. Sometimes allow other people's experiences to be your teacher, right? So I lived, and you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that I come up with, a lot of the my sisters, my friends, you know, they they show me certain things, and when I talk to them, it's almost as if I've lived a hundred lives. But it's through quotes like that, you know, chapters like that that I've read, and it's like, although I haven't lived it first hand I've seen somebody else do it and I know the result do you get what I'm saying to you and that's with majority of things in this world so for me it'd be trying to build that base with them that foundation with them and just make them understand that although you might not feel exactly what they're feeling you felt something similar yeah um you felt something similar and actually sometimes the position that you're in doesn't allow you to see the the bigger picture um and you just have to let them know um, that regardless of where it is that they feel like they're going through now, regardless of, there's a lack of knowledge, you know, there's a lack of experience. I think it also goes back to what you were saying before, like, you can say a lot of things, but if you show someone, yeah. so I guess if you're trying to talk someone who's at that key age, mm-hmm. I can show you 
Yeah, I can show you. I can show you better than I can ever tell you, man. That's my mantra, and it's like we look at the birth of pioneer space. I don't know if maybe this was later on down the line we was gonna talk about this, but I hope you don't mind me bringing it up now. Like, if we look at the birth of pioneer space, it's predicated on the the whole idea of yo, you can't be what you can't see. You know, growing up myself, all I ever saw outside. And this is why I'm talking about tangibles because it's very, very, it's a precarious one because it can be one or two things and it's easy to be swayed. So it's like, when we look at it, it's like when I was growing up, all I ever see was the drug dealers and the um, the people doing music and whatnot that looks like they were being successful. They was driving the flashy cars. There was uh, there was getting all the girls. Uh, there was, they had money, bro. They, they felt, it looked like, you know, from an outsider's perspective, that was it. You know, and for me as a young person that wanted to get it, it was like, let me understand this. Mom's telling me, mom and dad's telling me to go to school to attain this life that it looked like these people were living and they were happy about. At the time, you're not really thinking, hold on, you're breaking the law and this is what could come out of it. This yeah. can affect you for the rest of your life. You're, not you're really just thinking, thinking short term. You're just thinking short term. And narrow minded, I guess. It's narrow minded, but that's not because of. That's not necessarily ignorance. That's also a lack of information. Yeah, that's all you know. That's all you know. So it's like, nah, man. Pioneer Space is about to show you that, you know what? There's people in this world that are successful, that come up like you. It's not just the young people. and it's not, it's not just the people on the ends, the drug dealers. Like Black people being successful in different facets of life bro different branches of life bro it's not just football anymore it's not just athletes it's not just music we got people doing different things so it's like as a young person growing up and i'm thinking i want to i, I want to do this like for example i got sisters that are doing um that they got lip line um brands i got people that they do hair i got people that do nails like things like that like anybody looking up they're looking at they're thinking she's doing it i can do it you see what I'm saying? Because I see you doing it. You know, I can see somebody else doing it, so why can't I? And that's what it is. That's 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 the that's pioneer space. Exactly. That's pioneer space. And I feel like just re- going back and reflecting. Yeah. I wish I saw more people doing those great, inspiring things. Yeah, man. But do you know what? Like, for me, it's like here's the thing. I feel like. A lot of people, like, everyone in this world has a position to play. Everyone has a position to play, and I'm happy with it. I'm at peace with that. When you get the elixir of life and you understand that everyone has a position to play, certain things you don't don't fret about because it's like, if I'm a guy that I don't mind speaking to people and I'm having that direct effect on them, somebody else that might not be comfortable speaking to somebody else but merely existing in a place that they're not supposed to exist in, they're having as much of an impact as I am, bro. Subconsciously. Let me let me put it into a little bit more context. Let me say, see, I'm speaking to a young person that wants to do this, that, and other, and I'm talking that talk. But remember I said earlier on, tangibles. If what they wanted to be is what my mate is doing, and I told him about my mate, my mate's had as much of an impact by him just doing what he's doing because now they're looking at him and they're thinking that guy is exactly like me that guy looks exactly like me he came up from the same place that i came up from that's an impact so that's what i'm saying like people have their positions you don't have to be the guy on the front line you could be the cog that makes the whole machine go 
you know? And sometimes it can be as little as literally existing in a space that's not meant for you. That's a revolution. You are having an impact. So it's like, for me, it's like, you don't know who you're inspiring. Yeah. And it's about being relatable. People can't relate to you. It's tough. Question. Yeah. If you could go back, your whole come up, Mm -hmm. would you do anything different? Learn all the knowledge you have now and experience. Would I risk it though? Would I risk not knowing what I have now? Would I risk not knowing what I have now? This is what I'm saying. Like, I could, I could, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't. And one of the reasons is, like you said, with the knowledge that I have now, what if, say, something, if I go back and I say I changed something, what if that little change there affects the things that I know now? Maybe I don't have that fire. I don't have that desire to get more knowledge because that didn't happen. I wouldn't change a thing. I feel like a lot of the things that I've, you know, experienced in my life, they happen for a reason, man. I'm, I'm at peace with it. You know, I'm at peace in knowing that certain things you don't have control over. It's how you sort of, it's how you sort of deal with the things that you've gone through that that defines you as a person, you know. Um, but no, to answer your question, no, there isn't a single thing that I changed from the way that I come up. I feel like, yeah, you could write about 30 books with me. I'm cool, <laughs> straight. <laughs> so let's yeah. let's touch on today. Yeah. The man and the pioneer you right. are today. You said it. So, yeah. I know being black is very important to you. Important. What does being black mean to you? <laughs> One sec. <laughs> I have to drink water for that one. What does being black mean for me? I think I'm black before anything, you know, in terms of identities, yeah? When you see me, you see that I'm black first. I'm black before anything. I think being black is beautiful. I feel like, not to sound cliche, I feel like it's the best thing to ever happen to me. And understanding, like I said earlier on, you know, I alluded to the point about the knowledge yourself, understanding my roots, understanding what people had gone through, um, understanding what it means to be black to other people as well. Um, it allows me to appreciate it a lot more, you know. I've always had to disprove people. I've always had to beat the odds. But it tastes sweeter, man. It tastes sweeter. Like, I'm a black person and I know that there's there's a lot to achieve in this world. You know, I know that there's a lot of hearts to touch in this world as well. There's a lot of people that are probably going through an identity crisis because I tell you what it is, there's a lot of things that, um, a lot of black history that uh, slowly they're trying to eradicate from the world, from the books. Oh, yeah. Um, because actually, I'm a student of history, right? Um, I loved history, still do, you know. I'm a student of history, right? But you ask anyone studying race relations, for example, in this country, they don't teach you nothing about black history in the UK. They don't teach you nothing about that. They don't teach you about the origins of the Brixton riots. They don't tell you nothing about that. Um, and for some weird reason, it all... It I feel like the black history taught in schools, especially from my experience, is only the negative. I agree. I completely agree with you. And, and you know what, to piggyback off of that as well I feel like if you look at it where do you know that 
black history has been taught prior to the 1900s. It almost seems like black people didn't exist before the 1900s. You know, if you tell a young black person about Mansa Musa and how much how how much he was worth, quantify if you quantify his worth to today's value, be the richest man to ever live. You know, if you if you really teach black people that hold on, your history is not just slavery. Your history is not just the transatlantic slavery. It's not just the racism. It's not just Martin Luther King. Like, cause credit to him, he did what he did. You know, and I appreciate him for that. But there's people different to Martin Luther King that were going through this fight for us before. It's not just about sitting at the back of, of a bus like Rosa Parks did. And once again, credit to her because that was brave. That was brave, you know. But no, man, there's black history. There's there's black history from. Hundreds and thousands of years ago We was Bro the first I can get into it man I can get into it I think Stuff like Stuff like the Congo Stuff like uh, West Africa Stuff Just the things that Happened in uh, In Africa prior to you know Colonisation etc etc That needs to be taught I understand I also understand that it might not be taught Because the hero of the story is who tells the story, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I hope that don't go over people's heads. The hero of the story is who tells the story. And the people that have been telling the stories, they have to preserve their position. They have to preserve how they want to be viewed upon. Um, but realistically, as a young black man, I learned more outside of a education institution than I ever did inside of one, especially about myself. Especially about myself. We're talking about... We're talking about soul searching. What does it mean to soul search? What does it mean to understand you? It's deeper than that. It's deeper than you. What makes you tick? That's deeper than you. Understand your ancestors. Understand what they've had to go through. And for me, that's more important than anything else because actually when you set goals, <laughs> when you set goals, you start to understand that you can't quit. You can't, you can't just... You, you can't just quit your dreams You can't just quit the drive Because actually this is bigger than you You know what I'm saying I've always said One of the biggest reasons In my opinion Because a lot of these things are subjective As I like to allude to In my opinion One of the biggest reasons That I see people quit uh, Whatever journey that they're on Whether it's trying to achieve Certain things Is because Whatever it is that they're chasing to them Doesn't hold that much value It's not bigger than them It's just for them And it's selfish for me, it's like my goals, my goals, my goals are bigger than just me, you know. They're bigger than Fawaz the Silver. So if I hit a stumbling block, if I hit a stumbling block, it's like, can I afford to quit? Can I actually afford to quit? How selfish would it be for me to, because of my own uncomfortable feeling at that point, give up on the hundreds and thousands of people that this could potentially have a positive effect on i couldn't do that impossible i couldn't do that you know um but yeah no to answer your question man no being black is the most important thing to me man being black is being black is me i'm black everything about being black is amazing um i read quite a lot of books um i read a lot of black feminist books as well and you know, you've got books, you've got people like Bell Hooks, amazing, 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 inspirational black feminist where not only does she go on about 
how the importance of the struggle of black women is the importance of the struggle of black women sorry and how important it is to also love black men she also goes into details about love you know she wrote a great book all about love and it kind of depicts the what her meaning well the adaptation from scott peck's meaning of love what love is and when you when you when you read stuff like that it kind of makes you wonder like how would the world be if love just led the way if we all led with love you know um and this is coming from a black person man so my thing is for a long time black people have tried to we've tried to build an empire through empathy for a long time and it's like especially black women we look at black women and we think as black men we go through it right no cap we can all agree we go through it as black men but we also need to appreciate the fact that although we're going through it as black men we're also living in a patriarchal system that places black women at the bottom of everything at the bottom of everything my boy so it's like how dare us sometimes i see some of the things on socials man and sometimes i try to stay off socials but sometimes i see some of the things on socials and i see the way that you know black people being treated but black women are being treated how black women are being spoken about and the discord in communication between black men and black women sometimes and i know it's only a minuscule amount because i don't want to hyper inflate the numbers but it's one too many for me man i feel like like i said if love led the way a lot of these issues would be eradicated you know um black men and it's been like that for a very long time actually black men have to go back to loving the black women i swear to god man like we need to go back to loving the black women and when i say just loving the black women i don't just mean i love you i don't just mean just saying the words cherishing them bro like i said actions is better than anything actions always been my spokesperson so it's like show them stuff bro you get it put them first put them first like you mean everything because you've you've been the backbone to this community for hundreds of years like deep it bro the there is no woman, black men without there is no black men without the black woman never there's never like bro deep about some of the bravest things that have been done in this world they've been done by black women black women bro like leader to rosa parks earlier on imagine that saying no I ain't moving you know but even away from that even away from that it's like who understands a black man more than a black woman a black woman comes to you she understands your plight she understands if if I'm coming home to you and you can see that I'm wrong a black woman gets it bro you know and forget if we was now to go to the other side and say we forget the exchange of um emotional support forget that for a second a black woman in herself is a pillar in this community she's a pillar in the household they offer more than just love and support do you get it and i feel like <laughs> it's it's tough because one i it exists like i said earlier on why does it exist though there's there's a multivariate analysis that needs to be done because I feel like a lot of them isn't just a black man's fault. Um, I think the system that we live in, um, the system that we live in, 
they put people in precarious positions and sometimes a black man has to be smarter than the system. The system loves to see a black man fumble and they know that the nucleus of the family is a, the man. Is a man, right? The nucleus of the... F well, it depends how you look at it. The nucleus of the family could be argued to be the women, right? However, the nucleus of the westernized family is the man. Um, and they know to destroy that, you got to separate you got to separate them. you got to break them up. And for a long time, we've been going through that genocide within our community. And I think, yeah, it's time for the change, man. We basically need to stick together. We need to stick together, bro. What do they say? What's that, what's that, what's that, what's that old saying where they say, if you want to get somewhere fast, go alone. But if you want to go somewhere further, you go together. So black men need to stick with the black women. Listen, um, I I believe people, especially after reading books like um, that Bell Hooks wrote about um, all about love, and actually it's a great book. Her name's Dorothy. Oh, I can't remember her last name, but it's Killing the Black Body. Killing the Black Body. What a book! There's a part of that book that depicts an experience of a black woman. Yeah, it's um, it's very, very... I like to be visual when I'm reading, so sometimes I might read something and then close my eyes to try to picture it, right? Black women in the 80s, during, during the whatever, during the drug um, epidemic anyway in the Americas, black women were being shoved into ghettos, right? Projects, things that were called projects because that's what it was seen as by the people, the powers that be, projects, drugs was infiltrated the community, black women were being arrested, pregnant black women were being beaten and arrested, handcuffed to beds for living in an, in, in an area that's been infiltrated by drugs that was not put there by themselves. So you don't have to be a user of drugs for you to be punished in that manner. You know, inhumane, you know, um... There's another book, it's, um, I can't remember the name, but I remember reading it and it was, <laughs> it was, this was going through the, uh, the slave times and actually it was a situation where I think she hadn't picked enough cotton or something for the day and what had happened was the master at the time, can't believe I even just used that word, but he... What is that? Uh, well... The, the 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 plantation owner or at least the conductor of the plantation so there's obviously the people that use the whips etc make sure what they what they the collection for the day is enough right so those people hunger to a tree bro right hunger to a tree she's pregnant she's pregnant and under the premise that if you want to stop a whole chick um a, a pack of chickens hens what do you call a pack of chickens I couldn't tell you, anyway, mate. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, if you want to stop a group from committing a crime, what you do is you punish the one that you've caught in front of everybody. So what's happened is she's um, they've hung this lady and tied her up to a tree and the sun's beating down at the skin. The sun that at some point in life gave her so much pleasure. You know what's my melanin, man. We love it. Do you get it? The sun that's provided her with so much pleasure at this point was scorching down with heat, burning her, bro. 
gave her lashes, whips, whatever. But I need to make a disclaimer because what I'm about to say is very, very... Um, graphic. Very, very graphic. And what the geezer's done is he's put he's put a knife through her belly and cut the fetus. You know, and left her to die there. Bro, when you deep those things, yeah, these aren't fabricated stories. These are accounts of people that the family have left stuff down. These are real accounts of people, yeah? You cannot not want to love your people, bro. You cannot not want to love your people, bro. Anybody can be with anyone that makes them happy. I believe together we go places further. I go together, we go places further. Of course, if you want to be with a, uh, uh, with a with a Caucasian, with an Indian, with a whatever it is you want to be with, happiness is subjective, man. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, I definitely do believe there needs to be a lot more cohesion within the community, though. I definitely believe there needs to be a lot more coming together of the people because we all have the same goals, right? If we all have the same goals, we'll get to where we need to get to, man. I'm definitely for it, yeah. You share a similar ideology to Dr. Umar Johnson. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. You're trying to get me cancelled. No, do you know what it is about Dr. Umar? Yeah, Dr. Umar is a he's a he's a funny character because although some of the things that he says comes out as jest and do you know what a lot of the things that he says is on the extreme side of things. Um some of the things, some of his ideas, they're not too far from the truth. The interesting thing, so a lot of our listeners will know about Dr. Umar Johnson. You've probably seen a lot of clips of him online. And me, myself, when I used to watch clips of him, I used to think, yeah, he's funny, but he's a bit of an idiot. But when you take time to listen to what he says, he's not an idiot. And he oh. talks on very important things about being black, the black community, black women with black men. So, Yeah, there's a lot of those things. There's a lot of those things. And I think... You know, if we if we went away from that, because I know what people try to run with. I know how social media works, man. Like you say something and people latch onto it. But I think more importantly, what I want to use this time for is to highlight certain things within the community as well, man. You know, um, there's a lot of there, there's ways in which as black people we're being painted. You know, uh, and even within our community, you know, there's that crabs in a barrel or crabs in a bucket mentality and. I think I read somewhere, it's like, I think it was, I can't remember who said it, it might have been Jay-Z, but it was something along like, are crabs meant to be in buckets? Like, deeper, are crabs actually meant to be in buckets? Like, no, they're not supposed to be in buckets. So it's like, we're judging people from reacting a certain way in a position that they're not supposed to be in. Yeah, they've been put in a novel environment Right. So that's how they've reacted. And that's how they've reacted. Bro, it's like when you're in survival mode, there's no sense of morality. When you're in survival mode, there's no sense of morality. All you're worried about is trying to get that thing that makes you live another day. Judge these people when they're on a, f a fair playing surface. Then we'll see who's really bad because like I said, pain changes people. Pain is subjective as well. You know, but I'm for my people all the way, man. I'm for my people all the way, and I think a lot more of us need to be for each other. I agree. So I know you, right? I know what you stand for. Yeah, 
and I know you promote blackness. Yeah. But for the listeners, how do you promote your blackness on a day to day, and why is it important to do so? Like I said, um, our history's been taken away from us. You know, um, our history's been taken away from us. Um, and I said earlier on as well, like you be that change that you want to be, that you want to see. You be that change. And for me, it's like, how do I do it on a day-to-day basis is acquire the knowledge and information that's going to lead me to be the better man. Do you get what I'm saying? So when I was saying earlier on about the soul-searching journey, what I did is, it sounds silly, but you have to be meticulous in your plans, right? You need to be disciplined. And for me, what I did is I drew up an idea of a man that I wanted to be like. Um, And on the other side, I also listed the man that I am today, you know, and in doing stuff like that, you understand that there's certain attributes and certain characteristics that I have now that I need to get rid of because the first 18 years of my life, (laughs) I had to unlearn, I'd say about 85% of the first 18 years of my life because they weren't going to help me. Some of the characteristics that I had, some of the divisive communication skills, my reactions to things, defensiveness, thinking every everyone's on me, stuff like that, even the ego, thinking I'm better than I am. All of that stuff, I had to unlearn so many things and then looking at the man that I need to become, there's certain things on there that I have now there's also things that I need to acquire. Obviously, I'm I'm further down the line now uh, in terms of what I've attained, etc. But the journey keeps going, man. It's a marathon. Um, it's a marathon, man. It's a marathon. But uh, to answer your question, uh, let me think. To answer your question. Yeah, you've just got to be the best that you are, man. You've just got to make sure you leave no stone unturned. Um, so when people are looking at you, like I said, you don't know who you're inspiring. So for me, it's like, as long as I keep doing the best that I can and people see me for who I am, a genuine guy with a pure soul, yeah, man, that attracts the right people. I believe in the energies that you put out is the energies that you get and People aren't blind to that, man. People aren't blind to that. So, your work. Yeah. We're going to touch on this briefly. Mm -hmm. What do you do for work? I think you have a great job and I think your professional journey, because there's many compartments to life. Yeah. And we probably touched on something just more serious. Mm -hmm. But from the career point of view, let the listeners know what you do now and how do you Display yourself as a pioneer in what you do in your work. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm a pioneer in my job role. Um, don't be modest, career. don't be modest. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm a branch manager at um, the largest estate agents in the UK. Um, yeah, done that at a young age actually, became a branch manager at a young age. And like I said, Everything kind of interweaves with each other. I'm an altruistic guy. I like helping people. I'm helping people get a house, flats, whatever it is that they're after. Um, But yeah, that's what I do nine to five. And actually, one of the best things about that is it doesn't take me out of the capacity to do the other things that I want to do that I'm real passionate about as well, Um, like this. 
um, like pioneer space and trying to affect change. Um, but yeah, no, that that's that's what I do. Um, I enjoy it. I'm quite good at it as well. But yeah, no, I'm just humble, man. I'm just yeah, I'm just a branch manager at a very young age. Yeah, man. I think you've done very well. Yeah, and I think yeah. you deserve to be celebrated. Yeah, like of course, like some it's important to graduate yourselves and little achievements in it. And I did so, so now it's like we go again, in it we go again, and we just got to keep moving. But yeah, like I said, I don't really want to focus on my achievements too much. But yeah, that's 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 it's good, I guess. Professionally, where do you want to get to? Um, in your career, I hope nobody listened to this at work. <laughs> but um, in my career, um, I definitely, and once again, it links back to, you know, the black stuff. You know, man. Ownership, man. I definitely want to own my own outfit. Um, I definitely want to own my own company, etc. Because you got to think, what am I? Oh, I'm gonna say my age. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, I'm at I'm at age right now where it's like, okay, cool, you're a branch manager now. What's next? Like area manager, area director, regionals, and stuff like that. And it's like, do I really want to do that? I'd love to, maybe. Maybe to just to just to do it and see how it feels, but I know essentially I want ownership. You know, I want the autonomy to be able to do stuff for my people as well, for myself. And you can't really, you can't really do that when you know you're not the one in control. Like, <laughs> like I remember last year when I was on the BBC um, news at six, six or six thirty, BBC London, and in one of them, I remember we had recorded, pre-recorded on the same day actually a debate about. Um, how black people portrayed in the media and <laughs> for 80% of the times that I spoke I got into the to the media I got into the BBC um I got into you know how they show us because I think at the time when I was looking at it I think what is it black people are less than 3% of the population and it matters about 1.8 million and that's obviously the census report from 2011 but um obviously the new one's been done yet so I'm not really I don't really know the figures at the moment. I don't even know if it's been released. But um, yeah, but at the time it was like black people only amount to three percent, less than three percent of the population, one point eight million uh, or thereabouts. In London, there's one point two million or one point yeah one point two million black people in London. So it's like you the majority of us are clustered in London, <laughs> right? We're all clustered or in, in London. the south of England, exactly. And then you got to think, there's other people that are just in bits and like just little places around England and it's like how people are viewing them because there's going to be people there's going to be roads in England that they don't have black people living there and their only understanding of what they think black people are or what they see on TV because that's the thing that don't change that's the common denominator in these arguments what's portrayed on television and it's like you're looking at us you're, you're painting us with that picture you're not even we're beat before we have a chance to even respond you know, um, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is <laughs> I remember sitting there for about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes um, in that discussion and they completely cut out the part where I was getting out to them. And it's like, even when you want to get your message out, you need to have your own, you need to have your own channels, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely with ownership. So in terms of career, uh, definitely at some point I have my own um, agency. Yeah. Nice, nice. Listen, you see the way he just casually dropped that he was on the BBC and he's been on there many a time. <laughs> a real pioneer. 
nah. fighting for the community. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel, I feel, like I said, everyone has a position to play. Everyone has a position to play, and um, I think I think it's important for us to do what we can uh, in the plight because I certainly won't rest until I make sure every stone's unturned, man. I certainly won't rest, and it's like. I'm understanding that I'm getting into positions that allow me to be able to get the voice across. So there's people that probably a lot more eloquent than I am, people that are probably a lot more knowledgeable than I am that just don't have the resources, bro. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, But I'll do what I can and I hope I'm not letting people down. No, that's so key. You're using your voice mm, to make change. No, definitely. That's what I believe in. So a question we've asked fellow pioneers on the show, because mm-hmm. we talked about professional stuff, what do you want to achieve in the next five years? What does that look like for you? Um, what do I want to achieve in terms of what, like pioneer space or me as a person? You as a person. Me as a person. Me as a person, I want to acquire as much knowledge as I can. Um, I want to be in a position where not only am I um, speaking on subjects like this now, I should be able to see tangible changes from my actions as well. Pioneer Space has to be in a position where we're a household name when we're talking about um, blackness, when we're talking about inspiring people, when we're talking about motivating people, when we're talking about sharing other people's achievements because actually this can be a highlight rule of other successful people. Everyone eats. Everybody eats. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody eats. Everybody wins. We don't need to be trying to get each other down everybody wins at pioneer space so it's like yeah um pioneer space where i don't know if i'm even allowed to say as of yet in terms of um certain branches that are coming out of pioneer space you can give them a little snippet a little snippet so um so i don't know i don't know i don't know i feel like i should but something big things are coming guys just yeah, yeah yeah just just keep your eyes peeled We'll, we'll sort of talk about that when need be. Um, but um, there's, yeah, there's definitely big things coming out of Pioneer Space. Um, a good few shows as well. Um, events where we're going to have a lot of Pioneers um, in one room, man. Just make sure that vibe is, that energy is there. Uh, we're going to do all of that stuff. And yeah, that's 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 what I'd say in terms of Pioneer Space. Um in terms of ed- everything else, I just got to keep going every day, man. Like, you've got a plan, right? You've got a plan and, you know, it's important to stick to that plan and be meticulous in your, in, in, in the way that you work because there's going to be things that's going to knock you off, that's going to try and knock you off your um, your journey. But as long as you've got a plan, as long as you've got a plan, you can come back still. You can come back so. I don't really want to talk too much about the things that I've got planned. Um, you might have thought I went off on a tangent, but I don't want to really talk about too many things that I've got planned because for me, like I say, like action's always been my spokesperson. And, you know, we'll see who was really working hard when the tide turns, right? Yeah. Right. I'm looking forward to the next five years because it's going to be good to see Exciting, man. everything that we've been able to achieve Exciting. as pioneers. Exciting, man. So to, to finish up, this is key. What does success look like to you slash mean to you 
and name three ways <laughs> that help you be successful. Um, okay, so I'm going to flip it this way then. I'm going to say skill sets. I'm going to give you a skill set that I believe is the most important skill set, in my opinion. Um, I think being tena- uh, t- tenacious, I think the skill of tenacity is one that it's it's slept on a little bit, man. I feel like having the determination to do what you to do something you have to do when you don't want to do it I feel like that's such a it's such a key thing because for me it's like remember I said earlier on like everyone has core values and belief systems but they get poisoned by external factors we look at everything that's going on in the world right now yeah everyone's got this microwave mentality of getting it out same instant day. gratification In- instant gratification and it's like no starve them desires Starve them desires, bro, and be tenacious in your actions because when it looks like when it looks like when it looks like it's impossible and you have no faith, that's that's the most important part. That's when that next step is more imperative than ever. Take that next step in faith, and it's like yeah, doing what you have to do when you don't want to do it, when you don't want to, when you don't feel like doing it. We've got our phones take up so many hours of our days. It's like no. Starve that. Let's get what we need to get. Get. Let's come and take everything that people ever took for granted. We come for everything. We come for everything. Um, but that's that skill set. Um, okay, so we have one tenacity. Yeah, tenacity. Um, be be disciplined. Being disciplined, man. I think that's one that in any facet of life will get you far. Being disciplined, man. Um, I'd like to think I was a disciplined guy in the manner in which I work um, and the way that I am as a person as well. Um, yeah, being disciplined. And by disciplined, I don't just mean getting to places on time. No, man. Be, be critical with yourself, you know. When are you falling short? You know, if you say you're going to wake up and do this, wake up and do it. Yeah, no, nah, do it at the time. Don't, nah. It goes deeper than that, but yeah. Being disciplined, and I'm a firm, firm believer in hard work. I'm a firm believer in hard work. We've got the hardest working conglomerate, yourself and other people around me. Hardest workers. Why? Because we believe in putting in the work. That's one thing that don't change. You put in the work, and the law of averages have showed you that if you do X amount of work, you will get X amount in return. You will get your ROI. (laughs) <laughs> you get your return on investment. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, those those are three things that I'd say. Um, but definitely tenacity trumps everything for me. Um, it's definitely helped me during my journey. Um and your other question was what does success look like for me? Yeah. Um success looks like for me waking up in a few years' time, loving what I do, being happy, because the mental health in the community is it's very important. I leave it as that. But um, being happy, doing what I do best, and making sure I've left no stone unturned. Um, success to me is also having an impact on lives in a positive manner. Um, yeah, yeah. Apart from the you know the more 
the more mm, like if I was to talk about pioneer space and I already alluded to the fact that I'd love us to be a household name, etc. Um, but success as a whole, because it's important for me not to place success at a point. Because I always ask this question, like, do you believe you're self-improved enough? Do you believe there's a point that you get self-improved enough to feel like, yeah, I'm there now? And I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure there is a point. That I think it's a continual journey. Exactly, exactly. So where you stop, do you reflect, ever, what's next, let's go. Do you get it? But at the same time, it's like, you've got to find a balance. Because we have to graduate ourselves on our achievements that's the motivational part of it you need to celebrate your achievements you know because otherwise you just find yourself working in a cycle of work 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 and it's like no you've got to be able to say do you know what i've done that okay celebrate then move right but um yeah um i think success is a way of life for me i don't think it's a point in which you go back and it's you you look back and you think, yeah. Da, da, da. No, I think success for me would be a way of life. Um and being happy being happy in that life. Um, knowing that you've done everything that you can do, you've left no stone unturned, like I say. Um and yeah, man, you have the positive impacts that you always wanted to have on people's lives and that picture of the man that I said I've got uh, with the little lines coming out of it. Like, I, I hope I achieve a lot a lot of the things that's on that board. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, thank you as well. Like, thank you as well. Obviously, you're, you're part of Pioneer Space and you're an important part of Pioneer Space. So I don't believe there'd be a Pioneer Space without you. So yeah, I'm going to use my time as well just to say thank you as well for being, you know, a member of this as well, a, a part of this, an inte- integral part of this as well. So, yeah, man, thank you, appreciate. Iron, it. iron sharpening iron. You know, you know that's we're trying, guys. <laughs> you, know, you know that's one of my favorites. Iron sh- sharpening iron, man. Um, but yeah, Benny Vidivici, man. Okay, thank you, thank you. So we and a, and a gem for me, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the journey, not just the destination. Hundred percent. So important. Thank you very much for us. We've only, only, only scratched the surface into who you are, but hopefully Literally. we've given a good introduction to one of the halves of Pioneer Space. Yeah. Um, where could people find you? Because yeah. people might want to have some conversations with you and tease out some more things. No, of course. I'm my I'm brand myself. My name is my brand myself. Um, I'm on... I'm on socials, uh, uh, Sir Sills on Instagram. Um, catch you on there, obviously, a Pioneer Space. <laughs> you know, you can reach me on there as well. But, um, yeah, my name's my brand, man. Sir Sills on Instagram. And, yeah, hit me up, man. We can have conversations. And you're active on LinkedIn as well, aren't you? I'm very, 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 very active on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, very, very active on LinkedIn. Working. For Waz the Silver Hamza, hit me up on there as well. Um, yeah, we can discuss anything. We can discuss anything. And if... You know, you listen to any Pioneer Space episodes and you feel like you might want to speak to some of the people that we've had on and you need that plug. But yeah, we'll, we'll be more than happy to make that happen for you, you know, Mr. Make It Happen or whatever. But yeah, we'll make it happen. So yeah, hit us up, hit me up, and we'll be able to sort things out.
And remember, sacrifice your appetite. Sacrifice your appetite. You can't even give them too much. We've given them, <laughs> we've given them a <laughs> lot. Enough. <laughs> all right, all right, all Let right. Let them digest it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But yeah, man, it's been lovely, man. You know, actually speaking on this and being on this side of the table as well today. So yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And until next time, thanks for listening, guys. Cheers. <laughs>